looking at scripture this morning from the book of Genesis, the third chapter of the book of Genesis. You may stand with me this morning for the reading of the word. The title of the message this morning is taken from this chapter, and it says, the title, the title is, Hath God Said, Hath God Said. <clears throat> Reading at verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, as he did eat. As he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves apron. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The servant beguiled me, and I did eat. And I think I'll quit reading there with verse 13. Uh, may read more after a while, maybe not, but uh, let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, uh, we come to you this morning humbly entreating you to help as I endeavor to share the word with this people that have come this morning. I know, Lord, if uh, they just hear what I have to say, that it will be a disappointment. But if they feel the presence of the Lord and, and uh, hear your voice speaking to them, uh, that is always exciting and that is always challenging. So I pray that you would do that, dear Lord, and have mercy upon me as I stand before them. I pray, dear Father, that you'll help this word to be meaningful to us this morning uh, in perhaps ways that we had not anticipated in, in the past or experienced in the past. We pray, dear Lord, that you will be pleased that we will have your smile of approval we ask these favors in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. 
<clears throat> and so what I read to you uh, in this first verse, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. We know that some of these things may be a bit beyond our understanding as to what went on back there so many years ago, so many thousands of years ago. But we know the effects of the decision that was made. That when mankind partook of what God told them they were not to partake of, that it opened, as it were, the, the doors of misery and agony, disappointment. Um, this couple's own son became a murderer, didn't he? Uh, killed his brother. Uh, the scripture tells us that uh, God had given command and whether we understand all the reasoning behind it, we know it was command given to be obeyed. That uh, they had everything they needed. Uh, but the temptation was to go beyond that, beyond the need and, and to experience the unknown. Uh, we have a lot of people experience, uh, experiencing the unknown today, don't we? Um, I think about uh, the drug traffic. They talk about how much, how many illegal drugs are coming across the border and uh, how many of our Americans are dying because these drugs are coming across the border. These drugs coming across the border are not killing people. <laughs> they are the people that's taking the drugs that's killing them. Uh, if you don't put it to your mouth, if you don't ingest it, I'm not saying it can't harm you because some of the stuff is so potent that just touching it uh, can actually put you in the hospital or the morgue. And I'm not addressing that per se, because most of the people that are dying are not dying from simply touching it. Uh, they are tasting it, they're trying it, they're experimenting with it. And as a result, uh, you heard on the news last week about some school children in another locality that uh, a 15 year old boy uh, gave them some pills he thought were one thing, but they happened to be laced with fentanyl. And uh, so it, it was uh, devastating. And uh, it goes on all the time. You can, you can go on news media here and there and you'll find where all the time people are experimenting. Uh, what's this like? I told you that I sold uh, a hay elevator to a fireman lives lives or, or works on the west side of Columbus and uh, as we were talking and uh, he told me what he did that he is a firefighter um, and we got talking about the drug overdoses uh, how much Narcam of 
course, the antidote for an overdose of drugs. Uh, well, the, he, they use a lot of Narcan in the fire department there on West Broad uh, to bring people back when they've overdosed on drugs. He said, you know, uh, the thing that uh, happens when somebody is dying and we give them Narcan and, and we bring them back, he said a lot of times they're very angry and they curse us because we interrupted their high. They were high and we interrupted that. And so we're the bad guys because we saved their life. Uh, so uh, Satan certainly has deceived, even as he did Eve, he has deceived many people in our world today and many are out in eternity, unprepared to meet God, uh, unaware that the thing that they were going to partake of that they thought was going to give them some ecstasy, uh, a, great, a great emotional high uh, that was going to be the thing that would put them in their grave and would be the end of them. So uh, Eve is not alone when uh, she wanted to experience something that she had not experienced. And it was made up to be something that was going to make her life better, wasn't it? It was going to elevate her life. It was going to give her an experience that uh, she, would, she would benefit from this experience. Uh, certainly there are a lot of drugs that are used today, uh, not just the drugs that come across the border, but there, there are a lot of different kind of drugs that people use today. Uh, some of them legal that are overused and some of them that are in beverage form uh, that cause people to have uh, a high experience and, uh, and um, a lot of times do something other than what they anticipated. So Satan's word here has, has God Hath God really said this? Has God really said this, that you should not partake of this forbidden fruit? Whatever, whatever that was in that day, we know there is a lot today that can go under that heading. Uh, so it comes back to authority, doesn't it? Who has the authority? to give us direction and guidance in our lives. Uh, who is it that uh, can tell us no? Uh, we, learn, we learn about things when we're growing up and uh, dad said, don't do it. <laughs> Mom said, don't do it. <laughs> and you get your fingers smacked. Uh, sometimes you get a little rude awakening uh, because you go against it and it becomes a lesson. I remember when uh, our Reverend Tom Young and his brother were growing up that uh, they wanted to experiment with electricity. They didn't know it was electricity, but they stuck something in the plug 
at their house and uh, burned, got burned from it, didn't they? Uh, so sometimes there's immediate, immediate ramifications from disobedience, but still is. Okay. 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 So, does that go for your brother too? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I believe. Didn't it burn your mouth? Didn't you? Did Did you have your mouth on that? Do you, Janice? I thought it burned the lip a little bit. That you, that you actually made. Yeah, Tim. Oh, that you did that too. <laughs> Oh, did you? <laughs> okay, there's a lot, of, a lot of confessions going on here this morning, aren't there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so a lot of, who has the authority? Well, yeah, when we're younger, we find out uh, sometimes the hard way who has the authority. At least, hopefully, we find out and learn from it and live through it. Not everybody lives through it, do they? So, um, God, God had, a, had the authority to speak here, and this has been accepted over, over the ages uh, by Christian people, by godly people, that God had the authority. Today, that's not so, folks. God doesn't have the authority today, as far as a lot of people are concerned. Uh, you know, the Ten Commandments are not Ten Commandments anymore, are they? They're just Ten Suggestions. <laughs> if you want to follow them, that's up to you. But choose your path. Choose, choose your best life. Whatever, whatever way you want to go, whatever you want to do, you reason it out and figure it out. And so we have people that are... In our churches today, not the Churches of Christ and Christian Union, although I'm sure there are a few in our, in our denomination too, but uh, there are those that are in leadership positions in some of the large denominations that have determined that what God says is sin is really not sin, that we have to, we have to enlarge our mind, don't we? Uh, we have to be accepting because uh, this, is, this is something that comes along with enlightenment. Uh, Eve was enlightened, wasn't she? Adam was enlightened. Uh, so this is part of our enlightenment. We take in more understanding. And so uh, I was privileged to go to a sing on Friday night. Uh, was given a ticket to go to the Der Dutchman and uh, watch the the uh, tribute quartet and listen to them and and it was a wonderful experience to hear them and they're very spiritual very spirited and uh, the food was great too so uh, as I was at the table I said uh, something uh, to the people across from me about. A uh, big change coming in the Methodist Church that the Methodist Church voted overwhelmingly in Marysville uh, 
to pull out of the denomination and to go with the global Methodist church. So it's an, it's an ongoing process now. And across the table, this couple sitting, and the man said, and we were some of them <laughs> that voted to leave. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, well, good for you, because I knew some of the things that were being taught, uh, some of the terrible things that have been taught in seminary, Methodist seminary. And uh, he said, we didn't know how bad it got. We didn't know how far things were going away from what the scripture said. And so he said there are a lot of them across the United Methodist Church that are making a decision as to whether or not to stay in the, in the denomination or go another way. But he said, he said we didn't know. Uh, he said it, it got away from us. Uh, we thought they were taking care of things, and we didn't know what they were doing on the upper levels. And uh, so uh, they were pulling out because they believed the Bible, basically, is what, is what he said. Not in those words, but that's what he said. Uh, we want to go with Scripture. And so when the Scripture says that certain things are wrong, uh, look at our world today. Uh, how many people think that, that living together without being married is really too bad? <laughs> uh, you just, you know, it's, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. So uh, if everybody's doing it, uh, it's the vote of the majority that counts. So it must be okay. But the scripture doesn't approve that. The scripture says that fornication, which is what it's called, is wrong, that it is to be within the confines, that sex is to be within the confines of, of the marriage, and that this safeguards the family, doesn't it? It safeguards children. It, uh, it gives certain legal rights to uh, women and to children uh, because uh, there has been a legal process that has taken place. And some say, well, what, what business is it of theirs, uh, of the government, to stick their nose in that? Well, that is their job. Uh, and we see what's going on with families today, that many families do not have a structure that if the police catch somebody doing something wrong, they can't take them to a home where there's a father and a mother uh, because daddy's nowhere to be found and maybe not even know who daddy is. Uh, and mother is maybe on a high and unable to cope with the family. So we see a lot of problems. And, and I've said before, and it's certainly not something that is original with me <coughs> that there's not enough police in the country to police everybody to make sure everybody is doing what's right because it has to be as our founding fathers designed it has to be from a godly people 
that are following the commands of God. And if we lose the foundation, if we lose the foundation, if people do not believe that this book is God's word and that God has authority over us, then there, there is no structure. Uh, there is, and, and look, at, look at what has happened in our education system over the years of teaching of evolution. Uh, what a lie to teach that we are just a higher form of animals, uh, that uh, we're not answerable. So a lot of times people commit horrific crimes and think that death is going to end it all, that once you're dead, that's the end of it, you're not going to answer to anybody. But the Bible does not support that. The Bible tells us that there is one we're going to stand before. And people think, oh, it's, it's just a passing thing. Once, once this life is over, uh, I can be cremated. Uh, God won't have any idea where I am. But God knows every particle of your being, folks. He knows, he knows where every particle of ash is of people that have been cremated. And as I've said before, people that have been blown to smithereens in the World Trade Center. God knows all about it. And you know people are, have still been identified very recently that were in that building and they say we found DNA and we know that this person was in, that, in the building. Uh, hard to believe, isn't it? That, that, that science can do that from DNA particles. If science can do that, then think of what God can do. God's not pouring over evidence trying to figure things out. There's nothing hidden from him. And he knows exactly. And the Bible tells us at the end of time that every person is going to stand before God. At one point or another, they're going to stand before God to receive the things done in the body. And the Bible tells us God never intended for any human being to go to hell. It was prepared, according to Matthew 25, it was prepared for the devil and his angels. And if people go there, it's because they choose to disobey God and to go with Satan and to throw in with his plan and his pattern. So, yes, hath God said is the big test today. And I want to tell you that the Bible has been thoroughly investigated. Thoroughly investigated. Uh, people that spend hours and hours of tracing uh, manuscripts and finding out whether things are authentic or not. Uh, how do we know that this Bible really came down to us through the ages? I told you when, uh, when the, the Bible was, was penned, Isaiah was one of the, is one of the books of the Old Testament. And it was taken from the oldest manuscript. So people say, well, you know, they didn't have a printing press. 
Everything was done by copy. And that's what the scribes are when you read, even in your New Testament, they're scribes, aren't they? The scribes and the Pharisees. Scribes are mentioned, and they were considered to be experts because that's all they did all day long was copy. And they had to copy very accurately. And, and I could go into some of the specifics of how they copied and so forth, but that's not the purpose of this message this morning. They, they copied. And so people say, well, copying over the, over the hundreds of years, the Bible had to be changed. Uh, it's probably not what it was originally. When Isaiah said that uh, he saw the Lord high and lifted up there in Isaiah chapter 6, and his glory filled the temple, uh, it probably has been changed from what actually happened to Isaiah. There have been things added to it. It's been enhanced. It's been, it's been enlarged upon. Somebody's imagination has changed it. But you know what happened, and I to, I've told you this before. When I was in Israel, coming up from the, from the Dead Sea, uh, we stopped at Qumran and pulled in the parking lot at Qumran. And that is where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, Qumran. And we are told that it was a Bedouin shepherd, uh, just a wandering shepherd, not somebody that had a sheep farm like we do here, but they just wandered with their sheep here and there, wherever they could find grazing for them. So a, a Bedouin shepherd was out, and my understanding is uh, he threw a rock and he heard something break. It had gone down into a cave in the ground. And he went to investigate. And when he went to investigate, he found these jars down there. Now, we're talking about a very dry area. We're talking about the Dead Sea. We're talking about the lowest point on planet Earth. And moisture is almost non-existent. I'm not, I don't think any place on earth can be non-existent of moisture, but very, very, very low moisture. And so when he went to investigate in these clay jars, he found parchment that were written hundreds of years ago. And amazingly, it wasn't the clay jars that kept them, although the clay jars protected the outside of them, but the very dry climate kept them from doing what would happen, from taking place what would happen in our climate. It, it kept them preserved. And so uh, he started getting some of these things out. And uh, believe it or not, uh, they started uh, circulating and word got out it was advertised, I believe it was the New York Times that carried an ad for, for these uh, parchments, if you wanted to bid on these parchments. They were just trying to make some money off of these parchments. They didn't have any idea what they were. But you see, in these jars, there were 
manuscripts of some of the Bible books, Isaiah was one of them. And I've got a book at home that is a interpretation, a translation, I should say, of the book of Isaiah from way beyond anything they had at that time. It went back hundreds of years. So if you say over time, these manuscripts were changed by the copyists, by the scribes, then this disproves that. Because these, this that they found went clear back way earlier, hundreds of years earlier than any manuscript that they had, that they had used to put in our Bible. Or for that matter, for the Jews to use. And so the interesting thing was people began to understand what these things were, and so the, the people, scholars, begin to collect these, sometimes now, because they came from a dry climate into more moist areas, they started fragmenting, started breaking up. Sometimes you had, you had out of one parchment, you had hundreds of little pieces and so the job is for, for these very educated people to get all these little pieces. Do you like to do puzzles? <laughs> get all these little pieces, put them together as a one piece of paper, one piece of parchment, and then begin to translate what that said. It was, it was quite a job, quite a quite a quite an involvement and yes I went out on the backside and I saw where that cave was where they have built this museum now uh, but amazing that that yeah they were found and yes uh, they are still in the process of being put together but they did put together the book of Isaiah and that's what I have not in parchment form but in paperback book that I bought and I have used that here and read out of Isaiah you can't tell much difference between what our Bible says and what and what the Dead Sea Scroll says so yes has God said yes it has been it has been tested folks not only the Old Testament but the New Testament um, some people say well you know uh, Things were added to, and people came along later and did things and changed things. But once again, we have so many copies that go back to the days within just a few decades of when Jesus lived that we know that they're accurate. Uh, it was uh, told that there's... 24,970 copies, various parts of the New Testament that are available for scholars to look at today. 24,000, almost 25,000. So 
goes beyond even the popular playwrights and all those, uh, Iliad and all those things. It goes far beyond that. Josh McDowell did a lot of research on those things and pulled together a lot of facts and almost brought his book today to share with you. And the Lord said, don't take that book up there. <laughs> they, they, they don't want you to read to them out of that book. But if you want to see it, I can show you because it's founded on fact. Yes, what we have is what has been preserved by God for us. You say, what does it matter? What does it really matter? Because isn't salvation just a matter of feeling? If you, if you feel good about it, then that's, that's all that really matters. No, that's not what really matters. What really matters is that God has said it. And because God has said it, then that is because it is fact. God said it because it is fact. Uh, you know, Peter was uh, so powerful in the original group of disciples. And uh, you remember it was Peter, James, and John that went up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. Peter had a lot of experience with Jesus, didn't he? Uh, do you remember he walked on the water and almost drowned because he took his eyes off of Jesus, started going down the water? And he, his short prayer, one of the shortest prayers that should encourage you if you need to pray a short prayer. What was his prayer, people? Save me. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Lord heard his prayer, didn't he? And the Lord reached out his hand and rescued Peter. Uh, well, Peter was, Peter saw the dead raised to life by Jesus. Peter was on that Mount of Transfiguration. <coughs> the scripture tells us that Jesus was before their eyes. He was made into the person that he is on the inside. That the outside of him just glowed brighter than the sun. Even his clothes. You worried about your clothes when the rapture comes and the Lord snatches us away? You don't have to worry about that. God's got that all covered. But Peter, James, and John all saw that. Now, the scripture tells us that James died early in his apostleship after Jesus went back to heaven that James was killed by Herod, wasn't he? So you still have Peter and John that saw Jesus on the mount. Peter writes about it in 2 Peter. And he, he knows that it's not going to be very long until death comes. He calls it... Uh, uh, knowing shortly that I must put off my tabernacle. He said, I'm going to move out of this dwelling. <laughs> Moving time is coming. I'm going to leave. He says, uh, I want to uh, endeavor to be able to, before I, before I move out, before I go to heaven, I want to tell you some things. 
and bring things to your remembrance. And he said, we have not followed, this is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw it. We know it was true, and we're telling you what we witnessed. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. That's the Mount of Transfiguration. You can read about that in the Gospels. He said, Peter said, we, also, we have also a, a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. What's he talking about? He's talking about when Jesus sets up his kingdom when we're with him in heaven. But he says, I want you to know that this sure word of prophecy is the scripture. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It was by the Holy Spirit that the word of God was given. Hath God said? Yes, God has said. Yes, we must be obedient. Yes, it has been tested. Yes, it has been tried. There are those that have stepped out in faith and believed in Jesus, Peter being one of them, and died as a martyr for his faith. And many others that have stepped out and said, I receive Christ. I, I take Jesus to be my Savior. Folks, it has been tried. It was tested. It has been tried. And lives have been changed because it is the truth and because Jesus does move into our being and make us a different person than we could ever do by self-will or by human desire. We become a child of God and we become different people. And the scripture tells us if any man be in Christ, if any person's in Christ, they're a new creature or a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So yeah, it's the power of conversion. So it has been it has been tested to see if it's accurate. It has been tried by people over the ages. I was thinking about uh, my father this morning, and I don't know why something came to mind, and I thought about my godly father and godly mother. They weren't perfect, but they were godly. Uh, I remember uh, Dad... And we boys uh, would go around with the tractor and do yard work. And uh, I remember one place that 
uh, can't remember the lady's name. I'll probably remember it later. But uh, Dad worked her yard several times. Uh, of course, my brother and I, Keith and I, would were the ones we were the we were the ones that walked the ground and picked up the rocks uh, and got the ground ready for seeding. Um, and uh, I remember uh, Dad thinking that, uh, and I don't know if it said this was on the particular plot of ground or not, but uh, he was telling a guy he worked with, Willis Vess, he was telling him about grass. And Willis said, Lawrence, that's not grass. That's a weed. <laughs> and Dad... Dad didn't go to school for it. You know, anything green that grew, that covered up the ground, was grass. That's about the way I am. I don't really care too much if, if it grows and it mows. Uh, as long as it makes the ground look green, I'm not too bad with it. You know, we have a lot of people today can't stand a dandelion. Don't want to know, that's not grass, that's a dandelion. Well, I kind of like seeing the bees come and uh, get something from the dandelion. And, uh, so anyway, Lawrence, that's not, that's not grass. I think it was crabgrass. I think that's what it was, crabgrass. Um, but there were a lot of things Dad didn't know. But he was sincere, and he would admit it if he made a mistake. And he, would, he lived honest, uh, made things right with people sometimes people that were very difficult to get along with. Sometimes people wanted to fight. Sometimes people that had too much to drink. Uh, he tried to get along with people. So I, I appreciate, I appreciate what Jesus did in the lives of my father and my mother. And I've seen others that have tried the way of Christ. And, and you know, they, they found out it's not only tested and tried, but it's true. It is true. Makes different people out of us. And we experience that in our daily lives, that somehow where there used to be hatred and ill feelings, uh, there's a new joy and a new desire to get along with people and try to help people and show people a better way that Christ can come into their heart. And why shouldn't we be happy? We're on our way to heaven, folks. This word is true. Hath God said? Yes, he has. And yes, we have heaven ahead. Whatever goes on in this life. And that's, you know, we see people go into bad physical problems, some do not recover from it, and we're not promised that we're going to have, you know, 80, 90 years in this world. Uh, but we're promised, if we know Christ is our Savior, that there's heaven ahead. And the joy of being with Jesus and with our loved ones again. Praise his name because he paid the price for us. Yes, it's not just it's not just emotion. <coughs> it's not just a good feeling, folks. It's reality. 
that we are going to a better place. And when we see in the New Testament people that were given their lives for Jesus, look at the example of Stephen being put to death by stones being pelted on his head until he died. But what did he say? I see Jesus. I see Jesus. And they witnessed, everyone that witnessed, Paul was there. His face shone. It was the face of an angel. Oh, he's dying. He had such assurance that he was going to be with the Lord. Yes, it has been tested, has been tried, and it is true, folks. And there is heaven ahead for God's people. Praise his name. Will you stand with me this morning?